0: Uh, through Ephesians chapter five. And, um, you know, we were talking about last week being imitators of God. And, you know, as, as Paul is writing uh, to, the, to the Ephesians, he's talking about imitating God. And we, we talked about in, in depth last week. And, you know, the, the great thing about this book um, and, and the whole Bible is that God gives us all the information we need, he, he he tells us who we are in Christ. He, he gives us he gives us the who's. You know we are a child of God. We have the spiritual blessings. We're 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 in God's kingdom. We, you know, we we participate. God has given us the who. He has given us the why. Why should you walk worthy of the calling? Why should you live like like those that are. Um, Of the world, right? Why why should you be separated from that? He gives us the why. And now we talk about the how. How should we do this? How is it possible to walk in such a way? And we left off last week that the only way that we can do it is through the power of the Holy Spirit, that on our own strength, we can't change. On our own strength, we're not able to do those things that seem impossible to us. It's impossible to imitate God on your own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're able to do those things. So now this morning, we're going we're gonna to take off on, we're going to start on, on verse 18, chapter 5, verse 18. And we're going to go through that um, as, we, as I read it. You can follow along. It says... for Christ. Let's let's stop right there. There's so much to talk about in this portion, and that's where we're gonna stay this morning. Now, the first thing that I want to mention is that it says to be filled with the Spirit. Now, he's talking to Christians here, and there's one thing to take notice of. It's not enough to just get filled with the Spirit once. It's a continuation in our lives. We need to ask for God to fill us every day because every day there's new challenges. Every day there's new obstacles. There's new seasons. What worked uh, for you last year is not going to work for you this year. So you need to be constantly filled with the spirit of God. Now, one thing is that it says to, to uh you know, address one another with with psalms and hymns, but the first thing that it says is to be filled with the Spirit. And I want to tell you this morning, you cannot do and you cannot give what you don't have. That's why it's important that we're filled with the Spirit so that we can operate in the Spirit. Now, we can't, in order to walk, in order to sing, to live, to conduct yourselves, we need to be feeding our spirit. And how many know this morning that that's not the job of the pastor? That is not the job of the leader. It's not the job of YouTube. Feeding is something that you need to do, right? Feeding is something that, you know, you need to grab the spiritual fork this morning. You need to grab the spiritual spoon and you need to get in and begin to feed yourself. How do you do that? You do that by developing a life of prayer. You do that by by opening the word of God and asking God to speak into your life. We need to feed ourselves and and fill ourselves with the spirit of God so that we can operate in the spirit of God. So that we're able to flow in God's spirit. How many are with me this morning? Amen. Amen. Paul is writing. Amen. Paul is writing uh, on one way that we can encourage one another. He uses the phrase, addressing one another. Now, in the context of chapter 5, Paul is closing his thought on godly conduct. So he talked about how we should conduct ourselves. And you know what? The reality is that a lot of people today, Christians and non-Christians, always bring up the, is it okay to drink? And in verse 19, it says, I mean, in verse 18, it says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit of God. And, and, and there's, there's a debate because people, you know, say, well, you know, people um, get stuck on the technicalities. They'll say things like, well, Jesus drank wine. Jesus turned water into wine. It's okay. And and what I can tell you this morning is that it's not so much the technicality, but it's the reason behind it. Here in the scripture says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. And the question that we got to ask each other this morning is the why. You know, the spirit of God offers all these, these benefits. It, it it offers joy, peace, comfort, things that people look to when they drink, now I'm not talking about, you know, uh whether you should drink or not. I am I'm questioning the why this morning. And if the reason is because you want to escape your troubles, escape, you know, escape the the things that 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 bring hurt and pain, be filled with the spirit because God's spirit offers peace, comfort, joy. And that is what the text is telling us this morning. Amen. So You know, I'm not going to skip over it this morning. We're going to go through the whole Bible, right? Amen. Amen. So, So it says to not get drunk with wine. He says get filled with the Spirit. And then he says addressing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, how does that work? Am I to go up to my wife and be like, how are you doing today? I, I can't sing. I, be, I better stop because they're recording this. So I better stop. But, you know, like, do, you know, do we just open the book of songs, be like, you know, start singing to our, our brother, our sister? You know, how does that work? So, you know, I, I think that people will read that, that verse and, and just kind of, you know, okay, cool right? Psalm 10 spiritual songs. But I want to get a little bit deep this morning on those three phrases. Can we, can we get a little deep? Amen. Amen. Now, at a glance, you would think that they're all identical. And and I don't think that's the case. I think they're each unique in their, in their meaning. The first is the psalm. Now, in your Bible, if you grab your Bible and you just open it to the middle, you'll most likely land in the book of Psalms. And in the book of Psalms, what it is, it's, it's poems, it's spiritual songs, it's praises written by the, the authors like Moses, King David, Solomon, and, and, and others like David's song leader. Now, the Psalms are unique this morning because the Psalms are the inspired work of God. It is the scripture of God. It is the Holy Spirit speaking to Moses, writing on paper, which gives us the word of God. Now, one thing that's unique between the Psalm is that the Psalm is something that we can address each other with. Now, We can do it in two forms. The first is coming together in church. A lot of the songs that we sing, which not all, but some of them are directly inspired through the psalms. Some of them are psalms themselves. And in corporate worship, we sing the psalms. So one point I want to make is that to address each other means corporate worship means that we can come together and sing these psalms and lift each other up. In other words, worship is not only a, a way to worship God directly, it's also a way to build up one another. Now, you know, there are going to be times where, where people are going to have difficult situations and they're going to come to you for counsel. And where as many times as you give counsel, it's good, but sometimes people just need to hear the word of God. Here's, here's a good example. Um, uh, King David's song leader wrote in Psalms 73, verse 16 and 17. He says, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed a wearisome task. Have you ever been in a situation like that? where you're trying to understand why things are happening in your life and you have no answer that well this guy did and he said until i went into the sanctuary of god then i discerned their end sometimes the best answer to give someone when they're going through a difficult situation is to go into god's sanctuary spend time in his presence and many times, God will give you the peace and the understanding of why you're going through what you're going through. See, when we address each other with psalms, when we address, address each other with the word of God, that is a way to build up one another. Now, the hymn is a little different. Okay, so the psalms is the word of God. Now, the hymn is impromptu. It's a little different. It's it's an improvisation. Now, a hymn is not the word, is not the word of God. It's not uh, the inspired word of God. It is your own language. It's your own personal praise. It's like if you're going through a difficult situation and you start humming a tune. I don't know about you, but I know sometimes, you know, there's been times in the past, like start cleaning the house, you know. Me and the wife are cleaning the house, and and I start just humming a tune, of praise, you know, or or singing a song, or you know, uh, you know, just making up something like, you know, Lord, you're you're so great, you're wonderful. Sometimes in my home, I'll I'll grab the guitar and I'll just start playing some chords start making up a song lord you you've been so good to me you you've you've been so great lord you've, your your hand is over my children i begin to sing something it's not god's word it's my own praises to god and that's what a hymn is a hymn is is raw it's unconventional it's something that that you can give personally and so when you're addressing your brother or sister it's like if It's like if you're allowing God to speak into your heart and you can give a personal encouragement to your brother or sister. So you could use the word of God and you could also feel something in your spirit and also say that over your brother or sister. Now, the last one is the spiritual song which is inspired by God's word. Now, In Zephaniah 317, it says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Wow, imagine that. God is singing over you. Now, in context, what this scripture is about and is about prophecy. See, God's people, they were in rebellion. They were, they were doing things completely off. And so God brought prophets to them to say, listen up, you guys are going the wrong way. Get right. Because if you don't get right, there's going to be consequences. But in that same prophecy of the consequence, the prophet also gave this decree. That, you know, they would cry out, they would come back to the Lord, and that God would be singing over them. In other words, God is going to receive them back. You understand what I'm saying this morning? It's a, it's a, it's a prophetic song, if you will. And, and what I want, I want to give you the whole picture as I talked about all these three. And that's this point this morning. This is where I want to get to. The psalm is what God did. It's what God did. Lord, this is what you did in the lives of your people. We all have our own psalm, right? It's not God's word, but we all have our own psalm. Lord, this is what you did in my life. That's a psalm. This is what you did. These are your praises. You you took me out from a dark place in my life, and I'm a different person because of it. We all have a hymn. A hymn is something that God is doing in the now. It's an improvisation. It's something that God is doing in your life right now as we speak. A spiritual song is something that's coming in the future. It's something that hasn't happened yet but will happen because God is faithful. When you address one another in all these three, what you're saying is that you're going to praise God for what he did, what he's doing and what he's going to do. Now, this morning, I want to go to the book of Acts because there's, there's power in praise. There's power in, in the acknowledgement of, of what God is doing in the psalms, in the hymns, in the spiritual songs. Now, in in chapter 16 of the book of Acts, I'm going to just talk about the story and then we're going to read a portion of scripture. Paul and Silas were a team. And, and Paul got a vision to go to Macedonia. He, he received a vision and he, you know, he knew it was the Lord, so he was on his way to Macedonia to preach the gospel. On the way there, there was a, 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 a girl that had a spirit, an evil spirit of divination. And she was taunting Paul for many days. And to where it said, the Bible says that Paul got, finally got annoyed. He finally got fed up. I mean, the, she was, you know, provoking them, uh, you know, whatever it is that she was doing. But to the point where Paul got annoyed, he got fed up. So he, the Bible says that he, he turned around, looked at her, and said, come out of her, evil spirit. And The spirit left. And that when that happened, because she had this gift, and, and the people that owned this girl were making so much profit out of her gift, that they got upset. They were like, you took away our livelihood. So what they did is they got Paul and Silas, and they beat them up. They beat them up in front of everybody, and they threw them into prison. So here you have uh, Paul and Silas doing the work of God, doing what God has called them to do, and now being punished for it. How many of you have ever felt that way, where you're trying to do the right thing, but you feel like you're being punished for it? So we leave off in verse 23. And it says in verse 23 of chapter 16, When they beat them with, and when they had afflicted them with many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in in the stocks in the inner prison. So they were deep. This was maximum uh, can't think of security. They were in there. And it says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Think about that. They, they were in a place where they were being beaten, jailed for doing what God had told them to do. And, you know, how many of us, you don't have to raise your hand, wouldn't be singing? Would probably say things like, Why is this happening to me, God? When is this gonna be over? Why why is this happening in my life? But instead of of, of questioning God, they praised him. They sang hymns. They improved, you know, they, they weren't. You know, uh, singing the psalms, they were singing hymns. They were, man, I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, we're you know we're suffering for you, but but we're so thankful, Lord. We're th- we're so thankful that we can serve you. If you're going through a difficult season, don't go in alone. See, Paul and Silas they were together and they were encouraging one another by singing hymns. Now. Let's read a little bit further. It says that as they were singing hymns to God, the prisoners were listening to them. That's important to take note. That when you're going through a difficult situation and you can still praise God, you can still thank God even though you're going through a difficult situation, there's people listening to you. Let's let's take note of that this morning, that there's eyes on you. People want to see what, what are you going to do in the difficult situation? And it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open. I want to tell you this morning that praise and worship does something powerful. It shakes the foundation that has you bound. It it allows for those things that are over your life to be shaken and as we come before the lord and worship and as we praise god and as we address one another in spiritual songs and hymns in in in, in psalms there's something happening in the spiritual it's not just coming together and and you know singing and and clapping There is something spiritual happening that we can't see. But through the spirit, through the spiritual realm, things are being broken. Things are being loosened. There's bondages being broken. It says here that the doors were open and everyone's bonds were fastened. And that's something important to take a look at. Is that when you praise, it doesn't only affect you, but those around you those in your life that you know are able to see what you're going through the see the see how you are praising god has an effect on those around you people get freedom just by seeing you free just by seeing what you're going through and how you're overcoming they're able to look at that and and many times you know like they don't have to go through your whole process. They just look at you and be like, man, God did it for him. He can do it for me. And many times they're just, they just jump right in there. And they're free too. Because there's power in praise. There's power in worship. The blessing of praise will have a greater impact around those around you. And it says here that when the jailer woke and he saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword. He was ready to end his life. And those, and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear and fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? The impact of praise and worship. The impact when when we begin to walk in the spirit, when we begin to get filled with the spirit of God and operate in the spirit of God and begin to now address one another in God's spirit. You see the impact that it has not only in your life, But in others around you, and I want you to think about that this morning, and I want you to think about that uh, this week. Who are those around me that will have that will that will be directly affected by my choices? And that goes both ways, right? Because there there are those that think, well, what I do is what I do. It's it's for me. It, It doesn't affect anybody. Right? Uh, I'm, have you heard that people say, well, I'm just hurting myself. Lord, here's my life. Here's everything. When you make a commitment like that, it's not just for you. It's for your family, your children, your children's children. See, we have the power right now today to change the course of our family. We have the power to say, This is where that branch gets cut off. And this is where the new spiritual branch will begin to grow. And we can change the whole course of generations by making a commitment today. Let's bow our heads this morning, amen, in reverence to the Lord.